Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Good evening, everyone. It's good to be in church again. I live like this all the time. I'm always preaching, praying, prophesying, doing something, serving God. It's my life. It's his life in me. So this has been a wonderful week. Uh, the meetings have been great, the great anointing, great stirring move of the Spirit. Kind of unusual for me, I kind of had another game plan and the Spirit of God kind of altered it. I was going to actually go the direction of teaching on some of the things I've been teaching at Island Church, which are the uh, three power sources of God. Not, not that there are only three, but actually I believe the three main power sources is the power of the Word of God, the power of the name of Jesus, and the power of the Holy Ghost. I mean, we need to know that and flow in that. But then I get over here, and uh, the Lord just turns it around and says, Now you teach on faith. Now here's, I've noticed this over the years. Anytime the Lord does that to me, it's because the people I'm teaching faith to, one of two things. You're either going to have to overcome or possess something in the near future. Let me say that again. You're either going to have to overcome or possess something in the near future. You say, well, we're always trying to overcome it, or we're always, yeah, well, it's going it's to be, be something that you need this in order to stimulate your faith, maybe awaken some things on the inside of you, so that when it comes, you can overcome it and you can possess it. Amen? Faith is like a muscle that must be exercised constantly. And let me just say this. It, 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 huh. It's, it's, it's tough to come and just do like three nights, and, and, but I've enjoyed the break because usually I do all the preaching and teaching. I'm glad some of these young folks are taking some of this <laughs> upon themselves. Amen. But, uh, you know, you would think, well, yeah, you know, we need faith for, for, for a car or faith for uh, money to do something or faith for a building or, or, or faith for healing. But in reality, the entire message of faith is designed to get faith in you to believe what God says about you is true. Because yes. if you can believe what God says about you is true, all those other uh, disciplines of faith, they're easy. My goodness, Lee and I have believed God for years for houses we couldn't afford, and, and, and cars we couldn't afford, trips we couldn't afford to take, uh, places we couldn't afford to go, things we couldn't afford to do. Listen, God will never ask you if you could afford something to believe it. He'll just tell you to, to receive it. That's all He says. But the reality of the things you receive is pale compared to faith that you need to believe that you are a new creature in Christ, that all things have passed away, that all things have become new, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ, that you're more than a conqueror, and that these are realities in your life, and that you should be living in the reality of that, not that just being part of your spirituality. People, the people separate too much of their spirituality from their reality. Amen? But your reality needs to be your spirituality. And these, these, these truths of the reality of Christ in us, the hope of glory, are the realities that are going to get us through the days ahead and not just surviving them, but thriving in the midst of it. You know, the Lord, we, 
we, we have a prayer room we pray in and, and, and people come and pray and, and sometimes the Holy Ghost moves and gives us things to pray about. And one of the things the Lord had us uh, begin to declare in this season of time is that we will increase in the midst of decrease. So I believe the more the world decreases, the more I'm increasing. Listen, I've preached for years and now it's coming to pass. I mean, it's blowing my mind. I've preached for years in the last days. I've preached this for years. In the last days, when the, world, when the world's the poorest, the church is going to be the richest. I mean, if the world is rich and the church is rich, who knows, you know, where's the church? You can't find it in the mix. But when there's the most sickness, the most disease, the most uh, infirmity in the world, there's going to be healing in the church. When it's the darkest out there, it's going to be the lightest in here. I've preached that for years. Now it's happening. It's happening in our midst. And our faith doesn't just need to be to grasp the material things we need to, to thrive in these days. It should be for us to realize our true identity and why we're here on this earth for such a time as this. Oh, I ought to get a better amen than that. Because if all you're doing with your Christianity is sitting around trying to get some of your needs met because you think all redemption is is your sins being forgiven, then you ain't got a clue what's going on around here. Can I get a better amen than that? This is a whole lot bigger than that. This is God Almighty in heaven 2,000 years ago putting a seed in the earth that would raise up a nation out of all nations called the church that in the last days He would glorify upon the earth so that people would know He is a God in heaven, that He loves people, and there's judgment coming. Now judgment's not here. Let me say that again. Jesus declared, Luke chapter 4, the acceptable year of the Lord. Go study that in Isaiah. He only spoke half of that scripture. The acceptable year of the Lord. But he also, that scripture also says the day of the vengeance of our God. Isaiah saw both comings of Christ. He saw the first coming. The, uh, 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 bringing grace and mercy and compassion, not legalism, upon the earth. The law was replaced with righteousness in you, Christ in you. So we don't have a, a, a code written down on a, on a plaque in our churches that we live by. We've got a word written on our heart by the Holy Ghost that we live by. Amen. So these are the perilous times of the last days. Many issues, many causes you could take up. Uh, one of the most alarming things that I've heard about just what's gone on the last three to four years upon the earth Back after the Civil War in the United States, which took place between approximately 1860-61 to about 1865. Very terrible war. Uh, many people died. It was the, it, they call it the war in which a, a brother killed his brother. That's literally what they called it. After that war, some, some statisticians, actually the science of keeping statistics, had come to the place where it became kind of a science. So the, the, the statisticians of the world begin to keep what they call, it, it's kind of what they call the clock of civilization, but it, it, it kind of, it's like this. Most of the time, the people dying on the earth are a little bit smaller than the people that are being born on the earth. We're having more people born on the earth than people dying on the earth. Got that? So, so you know, uh, uh, and so for 6,000 years, there's 9 billion of us. And you think, oh my goodness, the earth. Listen, 9 billion people live on 2% of the landmass of the earth. Did you know that? 
I mean, them talk, all this global green. Free, listen, that's the biggest lie being told on the earth right now. It's anti-Christ, anti-God, and it is not right. We're not running out of oil, air, or anything else, church. That's all a big scare. Come on, church. I ought to get a better amen than that. But now these, these, these people keeping these statistics, these statisticians... Uh, most of the time, uh, uh, it's, it's, you know, we've got more people being born. That's why we've got 9 billion after 2,000 years. Well, that's not very good. There's insects that can produce trillions in like a day or two days. There's, there's spiders that can lay a million eggs at a time. So, you know, 6 billion humans on the earth. That's, I mean, come on. 2,000 years, 2% of the land mass. Amen. But out of that, God has raised up the church. Now. In World War I, that, that, that average of the, of the people being born and people dying went to zero, and then it went up 4%. More people died. 4% more people died during the time in which they said World War II was, was happening over here in Europe, 1914 through, two, through 1918. 4% more people died than were being born. Most, a lot of the people died of the Spanish flu. The combat deaths of the uh, American army were uh, uh, 68,000, but then the ones that died of the Spanish flu were over 70,000. So more, more died of, of, of the Spanish flu than bullets. So, uh, you know, the war ended. Uh, people began to build their lives back. Things that began to happen. And it went back to that same, same uh, place of being just above. Just above. So more people begin to be added to the earth. More people begin to be born. More people begin to, more people begin to uh, propagate the earth. Then World War II hit. Officially, if you study history, they, uh, they, 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 they marked the place in which World War II started in September uh, of 1938 when, when Germany went into Poland. World War II starts. That went up again. There was a shift in the statistics. And the people being born on the earth came back down, hit zero, and by the end of the war, it was 7% more people were dying upon the earth than were being born upon the earth. Amen? That's in World War II. Close to 250 million people died in World War II. You know where that statistic is today? Do you know where it's at? Y'all can go look this up. It's 14%. More people are dying every day than are being born upon this earth. Now that shows you something, church. Something is going on on this earth. More than just COVID or, or all the you know, things you could hear about, this happens. No, no, listen. This is the last of the last days and the purpose of the world system is not to help you and, 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 and call you and, and if you need to migrate from continent to continent with supply. They want to kill you. Period. Zero. And it's the grace of God that's moving people around the nations and the continents, basically the faith of the, uh, of the saints of God, moving them around the settling them in, in places they can live these days out. And you've got to live it out by faith. And the hell we see out there, the flame of it's only going to be turned up. We're going to fix this. We're going to fix that. We're going to fix. I was watching a, 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 a series. It's, it's like a long war movie. It takes a week to watch. <laughs> it's a series, you know. And, and so it's about World War II. And I kind of like to study that kind of stuff. And so this, the, these airborne troops went in on D-Day. And, and, and they've, they've, they've 
they've come in, they've, they're engaging the enemy, and they're, they're firing their weapons. And this one guy, he's down in a, in, a, in a foxhole and he's cowering. And so this lieutenant jumps in there with him and he says, shoot your weapon. You know, he used a few more words than that. They were soldiers. You know, and he was trying to get him to get engaged. And so he could tell this guy was, so he, so he, he quit engaging in it and he kind of stooped down. And he said, let me tell you something. He says, your problem is you still have hope. And he, the guy, the young soldier looked at him kind of perplexed. And he said, you, you still have hope. He says, and if you still have hope, you're totally ineffective as a soldier for me. And he said, what do you mean I still have hope? He says, you hope you're going to survive this. You hope you're going to survive this. And because you hope you're going to survive this, you cannot function in this at all if that's your hope. Because this thing is not designed for you to survive. Well, obviously, it clicked in his mind and he began to engage the enemy. And, and, and you know, next thing you know, he's in a war. Well, the, the same thing is true of this world's system. There's not a fix for it. The fix will be when that eastern sky breaks seven years after we go to heaven. And Jesus plants his foot on the Mount of Olives and it's cast into the sea and that eastern gate is split open and Jesus walks into Jerusalem. Then he takes this nation over and everything, every dictator and every tyrant on the earth ever tried to do which was to have a thousand year reign or lineage, Jesus himself will come and he will reign and rule on this earth for a thousand years of peace, no pain, no sickness, no disease, no sorrow. People will live upon the earth. They'll be born, they'll die and at the end of time, at the end of time, before the great white throne judgment, Satan will come out and there'll be people on the earth that will fall for his lies again. And for season, he'll deceive people upon the earth. Is that insanity or what? So, you're caught up in a drama. You didn't even realize that until you got saved. A lot of people, man, I tell you, I didn't have any problems until I got saved. Oh, yes, you did. You just realized there were problems. You just thought that was life. Amen. So we got into faith and started talking about faith. We talked about words. Listen, I can't, I can't, I can't emphasize to you enough how important it is to guard your mouth and watch your words and how important it is to get out your notebook and write your confessions of faith that you speak every day. Remember when we studied speaking the word? Let your mouth. Feed your heart on a continual basis every day. The word of faith. And then when you get into trouble or there's an attack against you, that word you've been feeding your heart with, there's that, there's that disengagement of one and the engagement of another. I like to see it like this. You know, you're, you worship God. You got so much to thank Him for. But one of the greatest ways to worship God is with the Word. Thank you, Father, I'm a new creature in Christ. Thank you, Father, by His stripes I'm saved. Thank you, Father, you supply all of my needs. Thank you, Lord, uh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Thank you. And you know, you're just worshiping God, thanking God with the Word that He's put in your heart. You do that day after day after day, day after day after day. Next thing you know, here comes an attack on your body. Then you just, you stop doing this. Oh, hold on, Lord, I'll be right back. I've got to go take care of some stuff. And then you come over here and you say, now wait a second, wait a second. How dare you attack my body? It is written. Now see, if you don't believe that, it ain't going to do you no good to even do that. And if you ain't been doing what I just said, you don't believe that. Amen. Because you can go past the point of believing 
with your confession and without the testimony of senses in your body, you can declare your healing. I'm the healed of God. I'm the healed of God. We, were, we conducted several years of, of what we used to call surf school. It was a little outreach on the beach that we did for the kids. And then we did evangelism on the beach, baptized people, did, gave, gave people surf lessons, did all kinds of stuff like that. We came home from one of Leah and I, and, and, and the devil just attacked Leah. I mean, just attacked her. And she was, uh, I mean, she was, she was getting worse quick, going down here quick. So we got to the point, we thought, well, we'll go, we need to load up and go to the emergency room. And so right before we went to the emergency room, we had prayed, we had spoken, we had done the it is written thing. We had done it. But right before, we were out the door, weren't we? We were out the door, and I said, wait a minute, I said, sit down on the couch, sweetie. And she just turned around, sat down. She was in pain, she had symptoms. All, and I said, let's worship God. And I was, I, she was sitting in the couch, so I kind of got behind her where I could kind of get under her arms, and we began to worship God. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Now, Lord, we've already declared our healing. We're not even going to think about it. We're just going to worship you. We're going to focus on you. We're going to glorify you. For healing radiates, radiates from you. Lord, your presence. And we just began to worship God, and it lifted up for her. I mean to tell you, and she got up strong. I went up and took a nap, got up, and she had supper ready for me. Amen. Well, that's the way we live. The other thing should be the exception. It shouldn't be the exception when someone gets a miracle or gets touched by the healing power of God. It shouldn't be a miracle when somebody gets their doctor's report changed. It shouldn't be a miracle. Listen, it should be the life or the processes of faith. We, 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 uh, as we grew as a church, we started as a little church in a hotel ballroom with 65 people. And then we grew to a, to a, to a little church. We, we got a building, and, uh, a little building and remodeled it and grew to about uh, 150 and had it, had it full. And, and a piece of property came uh, available that was going to take a million dollars to fix it up and, and uh, you know, to uh, make it into a church. So we believed God, and God blessed that. That little congregation gave $650,000 in about six or seven weeks. It's unbelievable. And uh, my cousin came down from California and gave us $120,000, brand new air conditioning equipment. I mean, God just opened the windows of heaven and just poured it out on us, you know. And so uh, we got in that building, and, and praise God, we grew. And, 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 on a, and on a Sunday morning in sep early September, late August, when was, when was Ike? September 11th, 2008. A major uh, Cat 4 storm hit Galveston Island and just wiped it out. Our home, our church, everything was wiped out. So, when we were in the little church over on 45th Street, we had a building fund because we were believing God for a bigger space in which we had placed $50,000. Now, we always confess the Word of God and talk about you know uh, miracles, signs and wonders, all that. But see, there is a process of faith. And you've got to understand that process of faith is designed to get you from the problem with the Word of God as the answer to the place where you don't have the problem anymore and God's glorified because His answer has been manifested. You got that? So we did the process of what? Planting a seed of $50,000. When Katrina hit, a big storm that tore up New Orleans, Louisiana, the Lord spoke to me and said, give your building fund to people who have been, who have been destroyed by Katrina. We found a church. We sent money to them. Didn't even know them. We found people came to our church that we knew were not going to stay in our church for very long. We gave them money. We reclothed them. We helped fix their cars. We, just, we gave that whole $50,000 away. 
I had a lot of money to a church like that. Amen? And so, three years later, we're destroyed. Our insurance package that year was, was, was void of the, the part of insurance we needed to cover flood. So we have a half a million dollars worth of damage and no insurance to cover it. And so we're thinking, well, we, Lee and I went. We checked with all the different government programs where we could get this, we could get that. There might have been an option to even go after the insurance company for not rolling that into our... We, all of it was going to take a lot of time, and it was all a maybe. And we just started praying, believing God. And then God inspired me at our conference that year, and we got up in front of our congregation at a, at a temporal location in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a ballroom and tore all that stuff up and said, we're going to get a miracle. And we just begin to worship and thank God that we're going to get back in our church. Now, that conference ended. I kept a little P.O. box when I was Rusty Martin Ministries when I traveled up in Lamarck, Texas. And I thought, well, I need to go up there and check that because they weren't bringing the mail to Galveston. We didn't have cell phone service. We didn't have nothing. And so I drove up there. And I, and I, went there. I remember I went in, that day that I went there, I think, Leah, you were with me. And I pulled out an pull envelope from a friend of mine opened up. It's checked for $50,000. I thought, well, this will get us going. Amen? Well, let, let, can I back up and tell you one little piece of it I didn't tell you? We were broke. <laughs> I mean broke. No, 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 you don't, you don't get it. I mean broke. I had no money. Leah had no money. No one in the church had any money. We were broke. We, they, they came in. See, we thought we had insurance, Keith. We thought, I mean, so I called Blackman Morin. Let's get this going, man. We need to get back in this church. They worked three days. Took us three days to find out we didn't have flood. So I went to them and I said, stop, stop, stop. Make me a bill right now. They made me a bill. It was $120,000. I said, woo, okay. So I went to all of our accounts put together, all of our accounts put together, missions account, general fund, uh, office account, uh, all our accounts put together was $30,000. $120,000. $30,000. Thousand I said, oh boy. Here we go. So I walked out to the gentleman who was running it. Very, very nice young man. I said, sir, listen, I can give you a check for $30,000, but I give you my promise as a man of God that I'll pay you that $120,000. And so he went out there, and they were talking on uh, radio, you know, uh, short, uh, band radios because they were contractors, and there was no cell phone service. So I saw him talking, he'd talk, and he'd pull a pencil out, and he'd write, and he'd talk. So he came back. And he had that bill for $120,000. And he handed it to me. And he had scratched out $120,000. And he had wrote $30,000. And he said, would you sign this? And I signed it. And I gave him a check. And I said, are you sure? And he said, I'm sure. I said, I, I can't believe you're doing this for me. He said, what did he do? Cost you $30,000. Are you kidding me? He just gave me $90,000. Yeah. I owed one hundred and twenty. I went broke paying $30,000 for a $120,000 bill. Well, we were broke. Well, that $50,000 check sure looked good. But we went up there, what, about every two or three days. And we had, I think when we quit counting, because much more came in, when we quit counting, it was around 350000 that had come in. Amen. And we, listen, we didn't sit around. We started ministering to people. We fed 9,000 meals in six weeks. We gave, away, we, we gave away water and clothes. We got busy. We got all of our crews, our men. We went out in the community. We tore down. We, by faith, we just became a church and began to be active and begin to just what we did what we could with what we had, where we were at. Amen? 
and God blessed it. Amen. We'd have people drive up in the parking lot just fall out of the car. Just, just their emotions so drained that they could hardly even cry anymore. And there we were to pick them up. Tell them Jesus loved Our friend of ours from Tulsa, they, they came and, and of course we have put, had to put everybody up on the mainland and stuff and bring them down, but they came to the building during the day while all the activity was going on. And sure enough, one of those cars drove up and the doors opened and the husband fell out on this side on his knees weeping and the wife fell out on this side on her knees weeping. I said, go ahead, Mark. Go ahead, Janet. Y'all take care of these two. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Amen? Amen. How does all that happen? How do y'all live such? By faith. We say it. Then we act on it. Amen? So, for tonight, I keep looking up there because a lot of churches have clocks there. For tonight, let's, let's kind of bring this to a conclusion. I think there's something stirring in us for the church tomorrow. And we want to take this conference and we want to tie it up in a nice package. We want the Holy Ghost to be able to move like He wants to tonight. And listen, listen, listen. Don't let this be the end of what's being stirred. Because basically what this is is just a stirring. But let me exhort you like I never have before. This may be the last time I ever stand in Ireland. I don't know. We are in the perilous times of the last days. Anything is possible right now, more than it ever has been. From the sublime to the ridiculous. And it's being unloaded upon the earth in such an incredible manner right now. And literally the nations have become cups of trembling in the earth right now. We have to live these days out in peace, in joy, with strength, with purpose, we can't hide our light under a rock. Listen, I, I like big preachers and I liked all the wonderful big preachers of yesterday, but God has changed all that. Man, when you're in a storm, you don't need a star, you need a candle. <laughs> and that's what God's trying to do with the church right now to make it the glorious entity that it's supposed to be. He's trying to light our candles and let our flames shine bright. So, let's go real quick. If you will, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Now, I would have people say this in teaching on the subject of faith and, and uh, believing God, using your faith to step into the identity, to put on the new man. You have to do it by faith. Too many Christians see themselves as poor old sinners saved by grace, sick trying to get healed, poor trying to get rich, and none of that's true. Amen? And then people say, well, preacher, you know, you just got to face the facts. Not me. I don't live in the facts. That's not my neighborhood. The fact may be, sickness is attacking my body. But the truth is, by his stripes, I'm healed. Fact may be, we lost all our money. But the truth is, my God supplies all of my need. Now, if I'm living in that truth, abiding in that truth, if that truth is a reality in me, those facts will never overcome me. Those facts, some of you, the facts have been whipping you. You need to move out of that factual neighborhood and get over into the truth. The truth of God is easy to understand. Truth is the reality of God in word and deed. That's what truth is. Word and deed. See, if I were to, to, to promise you something simple, a uh, hundred euros, and say, you know, you know, call you out tonight, call your name. I'm going to give you 100 euros. Oh, boy. Well, after the service, come see me. So after the service, you come up. I'll reach in my pockets. Oh, man, I don't have any money. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll bring it in the morning. I've got money in my hotel room. So you come in the morning. What do you come in the morning doing? Expecting. 
Amen. I mean, you'd trust me. So you come expecting, oh man, you know, oh, I forgot it. I, oh, man, I just I forgot to bring you. Uh, you know, uh, well, we're going, we're, we're going back here in a day or so. I'll, uh, I'll, give it to, I'll give it to Pastor Ryan. But I don't give it to Pastor Ryan. Then I come back next year. And I see you. Oh, I remember I was going to give you 100 euros. Yeah, uh, yeah brother. Well, I just forgot, you know, I've, I've got, I've, it's in my hotel. You know, it wouldn't be too many times like that where you would say, you know, what that guy's saying and what he's doing is two different things. Amen. Now, let me just say this. You may have known me. Some of you have known me for a long time. And I very much appreciate and honor you for the respect and honor that you've given me. But if I were to do that, what would it do? You would begin to question any fellowship or relationship we had because you saw something in me. You saw me saying one thing and doing another. Now what if our God was like that? He's not. God does not tell the truth. He is the truth. There's no concept of God that you can have in your mind of a God that sits in heaven and chooses to tell the truth. God does not choose to tell the truth. He is the truth. If He walked in the door right now and stood right here in all of His glory and we're all on our faces and He says, you know, I know it looks like around here you're in Ireland. I know it looks like 2023. I know it looks like June. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say something. Something's fixing to come out of my mouth. We're in the South Pacific. It's 2029. You say, what? It's 2029. It's not June, it's December. It's not 7.30, 8.30 at night. It's 4 in the morning. Did you know the entire universe would revert to that place in time and space immediately when he said it? Immediately. It does not say he does not lie. It says he cannot lie. He is truth. He is love. You say, why does God love me so much? He can't help it. He can't help himself. So we have this element of faith. So we know it comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. That's so simple. Read the Word. Study the Word. Meditate upon the Word. And have the Word taught to you on a continual basis. Most revelation you will get. You will get from a fellowship relationship just like this. Where the Word of God goes forth through a gift from Jesus to you. Such as an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. And as you sit there, the Holy Ghost broods among you. Looking for an open heart to deposit the seed of the Word in. That's why you need to continually expose yourself to the Word. The Word that you hear causes faith to come. The Word that you hear causes faith to come. Uh, the, the testimony of, uh, of Brother Kenneth e. Hagen being healed of a blood disease, probably leukemia. They didn't have diagnosis uh, ability that they had back in the, in the early 30s. But he, he said himself, when they drew his blood, it looked like some kind of pale orange juice. They told him he had an incurable blood disease. He had a deformed heart. He had a deformed chest cavity. He had a paralyzing disease. At 16 year old, 16 year old he was bedridden. Not even born again. He died three times in one night, went to hell three times, cried out to God, and the mercy of God saved him. Then he lied in that bed, 16, 17 years old, 
approaching his 18th, 18th birthday. Doctors told him the condition that he was in, no one ever lived past their 16th birthday. Here he was approaching 18. He had got his grandma's Methodist Bible, read Mark eleven twenty three, where it says, Therefore, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them. You shall have them. He said, I believe I receive a healed body. I need a healed body. I desire a healed body. He told it to God day after day after day after day. He asked the preacher to come. He asked the preacher. One didn't come. Another finally came. Came in, patted him on the hand. All the preacher could say was this. Be patient, my son. It'll be over soon. He made a decision. He was going to live and not die. He got into that word and he cried out to God. And this is what he said. He said, God, if you were to appear before me right now, Jesus, in all your holy splendor, with your hands scarred and, your, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the scar in your, in, your sky, in your side and upon your back, he said, and you told me, Kenneth, you do not believe me. I would say you're a liar. With everything I have, I believe. And he said, Jesus spoke to his heart so softly and said, you do believe. But what you believe right now is just not quite enough. So he dug a little more. And he found it. Ask. Seek. Knock. We're so used to being spoon fed. Amen. We're so, we're so used to it. But we have to make a decision in these days, these hours. Yes, we've got to come and be fed, but we're going to have to feed ourselves. We're going to have to pray in the Holy Ghost. We're going to have to become the believer that you always wanted to be, that you always strive to be. There is grace for you to become that believer and that person of faith now. So we discuss also the, 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 the primary way in which faith is really confession, the image of our God. Life and death. All right, now notice this is very interesting. Life and death are what? In the power of the tongue. Notice power is accrued to the tongue, not life or death. Interesting. That means with your tongue, you can either speak life or you can speak death. You can create life or create death. So the believer gets the word in his heart, gets the word in his mouth. We talked about the dynamo. Feed your, feed your heart, feed your heart, feed your heart. With what? With your mouth. Listen. This is why you have to understand something about your mind and your thoughts. Your thoughts do not contact the spirit realm. Now, your, the spirit realm can contact your thoughts. But your thoughts, you cannot use a thought and go into the spirit realm. Only thing that pierces the spirit realm, do you know what it is? Your words. Your words are heard both in the natural and in the spirit. In the natural, and if, it was, if that was not true, you could never pray. If it was not true, you could never pray. There would be no hope in prayer. But as you begin to use your words, your words, speak to your body, speak to your pocketbook, speak to the church, speak to the earth. People say, oh, this is a hard area. People used to say that when we used to come over to We'd say, no, this is an easy place. Any place the gospel is preached, any place the gospel goes out, men and women will hear and be saved and be touched by the power of God. Hallelujah. You know, I was in, this is really cool, really dear to my heart. And... Uh, Lee and I were so blessed. There's a, the biggest ranch in the world for many years was in Texas, the King Ranch. And in the, in the uh, late 90s, uh, 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 the year before uh, Breland came, actually we, Breland was there one year when she was an infant, we were blessed to be able to go to the King Ranch and minister to the staff, which is over 100 and something people. And so, uh, uh, you know, we'd, uh, we'd go there and, and we'd minister to them and, and, uh, and Tell them about Jesus, minister, all kinds. We had just a great time, just had Holy Ghost Church. And so while we were there, 
the, the, the person that run, ran the equine program. Do you know what that means? Equine program, the horses. He was in charge of all the cowboys' horses of the King Ranch. He had to have 60 horses saddled every day, and he had a herd of 300. Now, in the barn, they had a horse in the barn. And they let us go in there. Cody took us in there, and we went in there and petted a 38, 39-year-old horse named Little Peppy. Anybody know who Little Peppy is? Most of you don't. You do. Little Peppy, Peppy is a quarter horse, and he is a direct descendant of Peppy. Peppy was the original quarter horse. Now, okay, that, you say, well, I don't mean anything. I'm in Galway preaching. Pastor over there, there was two pastors over there that were, I was holding a meeting for, for both of them. And so one of them said, I need to make a call out at an itinerant camp. I said, what's an itinerant camp? He said, you know, the tinkerers. I said, I, no, you know, you have to speak English. <laughs> And so he said, well, they're, they're, they're traveling. Kind of like gypsies is what he said. I said, okay, yeah, let's go. So we went out there, and these guys looked kind of fierce, you know. And they were kind of rigid, you know. And, that, and there was one dude, and you could tell he was the jefe. He was the boss. And so they brought us in this trailer. It was not, wasn't a very big trailer. There was about six or eight men that were kind of around him. And he was wanting to know who I was and what I was doing there. I mean, he was, he was giving me the third degree. Well, I noticed behind him was all these pictures of these horses, you know. And I listen, I'm one, especially if the conversation's not going my way, I'm one to interrupt and turn it my way. <laughs> hey, you know, that's what you get. So, I said, hey, that's a neat looking horse. Two weeks ago, I was in Kingsville, Texas, and I was petting a horse named Little Peppy. And he looked, his eyes got this big. He said, Little Peppy? I said, yeah. Great, great grandson of Peppy? I'm like, yeah. Peppy, 0000001, the quarter horse registry? Yeah. Well, he freaks out. You petted that horse? I said, yeah, I did two weeks ago. Well, that opened the door. We started talking about horses. I was an old rodeo cowboy. I talked about rodeo. And then he, said, then he, finally, he finally said this, what do you want? I said, I want to tell you about Jesus. I said, I came all the way from Galveston, Texas to tell you about Jesus. So this man gets up. You could tell he was the boss. He goes out amongst those trailers and whistles. And these men start coming. And I've maybe about 30, 35 men. And I, he said, the preacher wants to say something. <laughs> I got up there and I just preached the salvation message. And about 20-something of them just walked right up there and lifted their hands up and made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. The just shall live by faith and have fun doing it. Amen. Amen. So we've got confession. Now, last night we talked about acting in faith. Now let me say two things and then we'll go real quick to what we have tonight. Acting in faith it will be very tough for you if you don't understand the concepts of presumption and assumption. Because when you act in faith, you do it by the spirituality and the spiritual impulse of what faith has produced on the inside out of the obedience of what God has said for you to do. In the, in, the, in the generic realm, we see it in the Word of God, and then we act upon it. You got that? I mean, we just say, but there may be things uh, that, that, that you do that, that God may say, well, do this or do that or that. The Lord's been so specific with Lee and I all of our lives. So this, so this. We're believing in God for this. We're going to do this and this. And then you have to act upon that. 
Now, the enemy wants to come in and get you to either get into assumption or to assume that you're doing something. And maybe, maybe God can bless it. And that's what a lot of people do. Well, I'll do this or I'll do that. And a lot of, I get tickled at people when they, when they read the word. And they, and they say, well, yeah, I see you need to tithe. And all. Well, you know, I'm going to start at 5%. Well, keep your 5% until you got faith for 10. Obey, obey the word. That's, a sum, that's just assuming if I do it my way, it's going to work. <laughs> no. That's why so many people fail in faith. And the enemy presents them an assumption. And he knows how to do it spiritually. Amen. And then there's presumption. Now, many times presumption comes from stimulating or inspirational testimonies. Amen. Uh, you know, Brother Haha, he gave away, you know, a car and got an airplane. Amen. So you go give your car away, now you got a skateboard. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Amen. Well, you got it. You just presumed the way it worked for Brother Soso is going to work for you. No, no, no. Listen, I could be believing God. For a million dollars. You could be believing God for a million dollars. God could tell me to do ABC. God could tell you to do XYZ. Both of us based on our level of faith. That's where the faith preachers have confused so many. If you don't do it my way, I got this from God. I did it this, 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 and this. And if you don't follow this, 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 and this. And then when you write them, it didn't work for me. They say, well, you got some bad sin flaw in you or some character flaw. Well, that made everybody real happy. I had to sit up through a lot of that junk. Yeah. Okay. We got faith. We're speaking it. We've acted on it. Nothing's happened. <laughs> Nothing's happened. Like when Breland was little, she was about three. She had a runny nose, sneezing. I said, Come here, sweetie. Daddy's going to pray for you. Jesus is going to heal you. I laid hands on her. I prayed in the name of Jesus, you foul devil. You can't attack. How dare you attack the innocent children of the righteous with a cold, get out of her body, dry nose. I mean, uh, a nose I command you to dry. I mean, I just prayed this prayer, cast out every devil, bound everything I could bind. Let go, looked at her, and she goes with those big blue eyes. She goes, didn't work. (laughs) Amen. God knows how to keep you humble, doesn't he? Every believer. Now, this is, I believe this is where this conference is going to bring us, bring us right here. We must make a stand of faith. Our lifestyle is weaved into the tapestry of the stand of faith. I mean, if you were to ask me what I'm believing God for right now, I would ask you if it had some time. Everything from my personal life to my ministry, things that I'm believing God for for other people, Things I'm believing God in the, in the relationship area. Things I'm believing God in the material area. Things I'm believing God for in the spiritual area. Things I'm believing God in the marital area. Things I'm believing God in the family area. In every area of my life, I've got chapter, verse, things I'm confessing, things I'm believing God for, things I'm standing for. And our life is fluid. Now, now it's a little more fluid. You say, well, God has given us some marching orders, some instructions. He said some stuff to us literally in the past year, and we're making some major adjustments in our life, getting ready, anticipating what's coming. Listen, if you're not preparing, you ain't got a clue of what's going on right now. You need to be prepared spiritually, mentally, financially, 
physically, preparing your family, preparing your friends, preparing your church. We are in a season of grace, but that grace is only upon those who are preparing for that which is racing toward us right now. And some of it we're already entering into and handling. You say, what do you mean by that? Some of the junk that's already going on out there is already on judgment level. You may think that, that, that's judgment, but it's not. Wait till you see what judgment really is. But there's wars on the earth, rumors of wars. I talked about that death thing being higher than it's ever been in the history of man. People are dying in mass all over the place. Accidents, all these crazy accidents. You've noticed that all over the world, these crazy disasters and accidents are going on. It's the last of the last days. And the church must stand. She cannot fall. She cannot falter. She, not, she cannot become anything else other than what the bride, rather than what the groom, Jesus, has designed her to be. And all, listen, for you're the church. All the church needs to adorn herself. She has. For what bride that would marry a king would dare not have a dowry? So we must stand. Everybody say stand. Ephesians 6, real quick. Ephesians 6. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to, now notice this, stand against the wiles, the traps, or the deceit of the devil. Amen. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. People are not our problem. People are our purpose. They always have been. Ought to get a better amen. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of darkness of the world, against spiritual witness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Now notice this. This is, this is, you've got it. It's so simple. And having done all, having done all, to stand. So that's where most people miss it. They haven't done all, but they're trying to stand. They're, they, they may be trying to walk in a grace to receive revelation or a grace to develop confession or, or, or a grace to obey or act. Amen? But you've got to understand, you've got to get to that place where you've believed in your heart. You confess with your heart. And listen, each thing builds upon the other. One doesn't cancel the other out. You believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth. You believe in your heart. Even in the Greek, if you study it, it is literally a word that denotes repetitism. Faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And the word that we speak, we speak, we speak, we speak, we speak. It is the repetition of that word in our heart and our mouth that gives us the, 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 the courage and the faith to act upon it. And then the enemy, that's where he'll go to work. You get to that place where you really act on the Word of God out of obedience. Boy, I tell you what, that's when the devil will really rise up. Because he knows he can't stop you now. Amen? We've had that happen many times. But that's when the going gets good. You say, why? Because that's when you know. Listen, it's just like what it talks about the parable of the sower. 
when that affliction and persecution arises for the word's sake. Listen, some of you, if you've really, listen, you know yourself, don't lie to yourself, don't lie to yourself, but if you've really stood on the word of God, if you've really been speaking the word of God, if you've obeyed it and you're standing right now and all hell's coming against you, you ought to jump up and run around this church. Why is all hell coming against you? It's because your faith has taken hold. You've had an effect in the spirit realm and something is coming to you that Satan wants to stop. And that's when you do what every believer should do when he makes that stand and that is get your hands up in the air and begin to worship your God so you can tune into that frequency that he sends by his spirit so that you can begin to make that stand of faith and get through to your victory. Amen? Now notice, having done all, you got to do all. Then once you've done all, once you've done all, stand. Everybody say stand. Now, before we close, James, real quick, chapter 1. Oh, I tell you, somebody might get something here this evening if you're not careful. James, chapter 1, verse 2. Oh, and I learned all this stuff. Man, you talk about enhancing your life. I really can't talk about the life I live because my wife will get mad at me. <laughs> you see it go like this. I decided when I got right with God, I was going to be just as on fire for God as I was for the devil. And I was going to have just as much fun serving God, more fun, more good times, more joy. And I found out the source of that goodness, that joy, is when something rises up and you actually get to take the word and a confession and an act and stand and see God show up. Woo! That's the lifestyle of the righteous. Speak the language of the righteous. Live in the atmosphere of righteousness. Amen? Oh, we better be careful. Be careful. You get all wild and crazy. Now notice. Verse 2, my brethren... Count it all joy. Yeah, that's what most people do. Whatever they do. And see, most people's joy is about this deep. All right. Count it all joy. Now, this is why. This is the key. My brother... Count it all joy when you what? Fall. That's why a lot of people can't count it joy. They don't fall into temptation, they walk into it. Come on, church. I mean, here you are. Save me, Lord. I need it all. And you just walk right into it. And the devil's like, where you been? I knew you was coming back. No, no, no. That should not be your lifestyle. Every temptation. Now see, most people think, well, you know, I don't want to shoot dope no more. I don't want to smoke crack. Yes, those shouldn't even be in your mind. Amen? No, your temptations are unique to what every human being in the world is subject to. Fear, pain in your body, agitation, anger, all that stuff 
Is the devil tempting you? Here's your temptation to be sick. His name is COVID. Here's your temptation to be broke. Digital currency. See, that's what, God, that's what the devil's doing right now. Here's your temptation to be depressed. The devil's stealing all the children, ruining all the... Listen, you can't suck on that. It will sour you. You'll become cynical and you'll lose your joy. And when you're not living in joy, then you're going to walk into temptations. But when you're living in joy and in peace and in faith, every temptation is what? It's a trip. It's a fall. You say, well, why count it joy? Because when you fall, when you get up, you get up in front of where you fell from. Did you... That's why people, well, I tried that faith stuff one time and I heard you preach it back in 92 and, and I tried it out and it just didn't work. Oh, man. It doesn't, you don't try, you live it. Amen? And you, listen, listen to me. You live it, oh, you got to hear this. You live it in failure till it works. Did you hear what I just said? When you're not getting prayers answered, when you don't understand faith, when you don't understand prosperity, when none of it's working, you stay with it, you stay with it, you stay with your confession, you stay with joy, you stay in the Word, you stay in church, you'll get it. I was out in my yard one time. We lived over on 39th, beautiful house the Lord blessed us with. And uh, um, I noticed a man at my gate. It was a gated house. So I walked over there, and it was a Bible school student I had taught taught 10 years before and tears are just spilling down his face and he said brother Rusty you taught me faith for nine straight months I didn't get it he said but I was bound and determined to get it he said I I came to some of your meetings and I went to your tape table he told me this in 10 years he said in 10 years he was that little guitar player he said in 10 years I wore out five cassette Two, two, two cassette tape series we used to carry, Faith in Action and Principles of Faith. Two six CD teachings on each subject. He said, I listened to him until I wore him out, buy another one. Listen to him until I wore him out, buy another He says, I was coming over the causeway today, and you were, I was, had one of them, and you are teaching on faith. And he said, something came in my car. And automatically, like that, I had an understanding of everything you taught. It took him 10 years to get it. But he didn't quit until he got it. Amen. Wow. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect. Now notice this. Entire and needing nothing. Well, I'm sorry. That's not what it says. Oh. What's it say? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Wanting nothing. You know, I read a psalm in the Psalms. I believe it was around 23. It said, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. What do you want? The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Then you're going to have to take and do something with those desires. Making your stand of faith in joy. 
in peace. Making, I don't care if you're having to fight just to pay your light bill or to go overcome stage four cancer. There should be an atmosphere and an attitude of joy. There should be a, now listen, you don't just step into it, you got to fight into it. But if you live in it, it's much more readily accessible. So much, oh Lord, I wish I had. You know, I didn't understand those preachers years ago said, you know, they had things they couldn't preach. I've got things I can't preach now. You don't know how addicted you are to that thing in your hand. And for all of us, it's a very unhealthy addiction. Because they're going to turn it off in a moment of time and throw this earth into panic. That's not something I heard on some conspiracy theory radio. That's something the Holy Ghost spoke to me about. He said he's going to disrupt communication. He's going to disrupt travel. He's going to disrupt the ebb and flow of finance and currency. He's already disrupted the nations by causing the entire world to become mobile. There's never been more men and women out on the road lost and looking for a place. Never in the history of man. It's all being done by design. And it's not a government. It's not the UN. It's Satan himself. It's Satan himself doing this. So we're going to have to do what? Count it all joy. And when it looks like faith doesn't work and we fall in and the temptation comes, we have to get back up. And we have to have what? Patience. Cheerful endurance with consistency. Cheerful endurance. Cheerful. Hey, I've preached for 40 years, church. I'm not afraid of your face anymore. I've had the worst stir. Listen, I've preached here in this nation when they would get up and cuss me all the way out the door. So it don't bother me at all. Amen? The grace that we need, the grace that we're pulling on, started all that on the first night, didn't get to go that direction. It's going the direction of taking that grace into the power. But that grace for us in the last days that comes through us watching, praying, being sober, and covering one another. No more gossip. And listen, there can't be any more offense. You say, what do you mean? If you can be offended, you will be offended in the next two or three months. You'll be out of the church. You know, you might as well just go ahead and go now. If you can be. If you can be. But if you can't be, then get ready. You say, why? Because the devil's going to do everything he can do to try to try you out. He'll put you in positions, relationships, all these types of things. He tries to do that. He's constantly manipulating, trying to control, trying to intimidate, trying to get you off your faith. Because he don't want you walking in faith. Amen? So we have to have times like this. Acts chapter 3 speaks of times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Now we've seen glorious times of refreshing, but here's the problem. We want to initiate them without looking at the first part of that scripture, which says repent. Which is more than just, Lord forgive me, I told a little white lie the other. No, no, no. That means you have a complete turnaround. A complete turnaround where that the previous direction is never considered again because you consider this turnaround permanent. Repent. 
Repent. We call it, we kind of say it like this. Get right, stay right. Get right, stay right. Get right, stay right. Listen, church, I've been pastoring 22 years now. I've had people come to me and scream at me and curse me and call me everything they can and just say I'm a every kind of criminal, awful, manipulative. Listen, I've had other people. We send them away with thousands of dollars in their pocket. And they lived in the same atmosphere as those people. Heard the same teaching as those people. Went through the same. What's the difference? People never got to that place in which their life became a stand. Your life must become a stand of faith. Well, that you're not willing to compromise your love walk because faith worketh by love. We're going to talk about that tomorrow morning. You're not willing to do that. And the love walk many times will take you in directions you do not expect. Amen. Secondly, you've got to be a restorer. You say, what do you mean restore? Some of the people that screamed at me the loudest are back in my church now. I mean, they're back in my church. And they come to me crying. I'm wrong. They were. I never told them that. I never told them that. But why why are they coming back? Because the, the time is short. It's time to move into the posture and the grace of the last days where we're men and women of God that's got our faith extended out so many ways. Our faith muscles are working, working, working. Change and transition. Change and transition. Getting into the harvest. Awakening the people around us. This is it. This is it. Then God will come and bring us into times like this in which the Word of God is imparted and it's, it's concentrate. You ever try to drink or eat something that was concentrate? doesn't taste too good like we used to have this orange drink I think we still have it but we used to drink it a lot because the astronauts drank it tang so orange drink y'all remember the old tang it didn't get better if you put more in there you ever notice that the word of God can bring a balance into your life in which no matter what happens with that phone or what they say about some disease killing everybody in the street. So who would a thousand could fall at your side? I got I got word for it. A thousand at your side, ten thousand at your right hand. When I come nigh you, only with your eyes will you hold and see the reward of the wicked. For he gives his angels charge over you. They shall bear you up. Now I watched a stand of faith. Actually, it was at the end of it that just floored me. At Lakewood Church when I was in Bible school. Of course, we had the that great fight that Pastor Doty was in with metastatic cancer of the liver. About a year, maybe two years before I came to Bible school, they were made at 82, 81, right in there. A, a lady in the church, a single mom, had a baby, and it was born without a brain with a big, what they call a waterhead, but there's another name for that. There's a, there's a long name about that long. And this, but they, the doctors told her, you've got to, that's... You need to unplug this baby and let go. Well, she had been going to a church where the pastor preached, there's a miracle in your mouth. There's a miracle in your mouth. So this little girl got her a book that talked about how babies are supposed to be developing at, at three months, at, at, at five months, at, uh, you know, y'all you, 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 you ladies uh, that have raised children, you know how that is in here. And you want to make sure. And she got what that said, and then she put chapter and verse to everything and began to speak constantly constantly over that baby. I saw that man on TBN about three or four years ago. He has 
two master's degrees. Two. Two master's degrees. Fully formed brain in his head. He's a brilliant mind in our nation. And he was born without a brain. And somebody stood in faith. And I, I remember when Pastor John gave the, gave the testimony, he laid no claim of his own, not by his anointing, pastoral. He just got up and said, look what the Lord has done. It was, it was a shock. People, it was even hard for people to worship. They were just stunned. Documented miracle. The same God. It's the same God. And many of you right now, you're in a fight of faith. The spirit of faith that is upon this church. Men and women that are in, in authority here. The church in Derry. The move of God in the nation is in a struggle right now. It's in a struggle for relevance because it doesn't want to get irrelevant again. You know what I'm saying? There was great relevance to the move of God that came in 1988. A great relevance that came. Many of you were touched and greatly affected by it. I was touched and greatly affected by it. We had a lot of Bible school students that came over here that we trained and taught and sit back. We supported the churches, gave a lot of money. I mean, it was just awesome. And then it, because of sin, basically what it is, because what is not a faith is a sin, and basically just getting off in certain doctrines and in ditches, the relevance of the move of God. People call it, well, it's attack of the devil. The devil can never stop what God's doing. God moves or doesn't move based on what his people are doing. But now there's a struggle taking place in the spirit. And it's not between God and the devil. It's between God and his people trying to get them into a position, get them into a place. You can't live like God, live for God like he did last year. You can't live for God like he did two years ago. You can't, no, you can't do that. You've got, you've got to start, you've got to start waking up. You've got to realize, yes, this is the last of the last days. People are dying and going into eternity and that's forever and forever and ever. And you know better than that because you know the gospel. You know you're supposed to live by faith. These things that you know, you must take them to the next level or you're not going to make it. It's not going to happen. We don't slide. There's no slippery, slidey grace to slip and slide into. That's all a phony, fake message done for money in gullible believers. That's all that is. So you need refreshing. You need joy. A friend of mine, Pastor Sam Carr, he's, he's a nut. How was it one of his camp meetings? He, he, so he said, I'm going to preach on joy. People getting drunk in the Holy Ghost and laughing, rolling around. I'm going to preach on joy. Well, he preached it about half mad. <laughs> Where's your joy? And so when he finished, he got up and he stood at the pulpit. I could tell he's exasperated. Just, he left it all in the, on the ball field, you know. And everybody just kind of stared at him like he was. So he stepped over here and he said this. That's the sorriest bunch of joy I ever saw in my life. There's like a thousand people there. And this little, this little lady in the back gets up and goes, I got joy! Woo! <laughs> my last thought on your faith. Get the word in you. Faith will come. Speak it. Get it in your heart. Speak it to your circumstances. Quit trying to get God to change your problem. You get the word in, you change it yourself. You use your authority, you get faith in God, faith in who you are in Christ. Amen. Amen. Then begin to believe God. 
You say, well, there's, I'm, I'm pretty good. No, stretch your faith out there. Begin to, begin to uncover these awesome treasures of reality of who you are, what you have, what you can do in Christ Jesus. Amen? Then understand when you act in faith, the devil's going to try and get you into assumption or presumption. But if you've heard from God, no matter what he tells you to do, you'll have the courage to do it and he'll give you the strength because he's the author and there you go. That's all you need to know. But in the stand of faith, here's where the frustration comes. Man, I wish I had time to teach this in depth. There are two components to how faith operates. There are the things in your life that you must make happen with your faith. That, what I just talked about with Pastor Lee and I, her, 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 her being attacked by the adversary. Seriously enough to consider uh, the emergency room, which we know what that means where we live. That's 12 hours and all kinds of bad stuff, you know. Amen? So, you know, just to, 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 to worship God. Just worship God. And then God just come down and do what we're believing Him for. Exactly what He said in His Word that He was. Exactly what He said He has done in us came into manifestation right there and there by simple faith. Just by simple faith. We made that happen. I don't want to go to the stinking emergency room. We make it happen. It's our covenant right. Prosperity. We've had times where we're like, Lord, you know, we got to have this. We got, and we, in the name of Jesus, we just declare, we make it happen. But see, there's that which you can make happen that has to do with our covenant that we have. If you've got that faith in your heart and you can speak that word. And listen, when you get to end of your faith, that's where the Holy Ghost comes to the operation and the gifts of the Spirit start working. But He expects you to have that faith up front. So here's where the... And listen... If you've gone far enough to get to the place where you're really making a stand of faith, you've done, listen, you've marked yourself as someone in the spirit that's a threat to the devil. So he's going to play every card in the deck. And the one up his sleeve, and the one in his hat, and the one in his shoe. He's going to try to get you to try to make happen what you should be letting happen. That's the other side of faith. There are things that you have to let happen and there are things that you have to make happen. Now, if you came to me and said, Pastor, I've been diagnosed and I'm really, we're going to make that happen. We're going to sit down. We're going to pray. You say, well, what if nothing happens? Something happens when we pray. Something happens when we lay hands. You've got to get that out of your mind. You've got to get all those doubt corners out. Yeah. Doubt corners. We, we, we're re, re, rereading uh, Rebecca Springer's book on heaven. And it's amazing. She talks about the, the ark. She's a lady that, that went to heaven. And many of the real scholars and theologians of the last century believe that hers is the closest to something that would be reality according to scripture. So she said, all the architect of heaven, there's no corners. Everything is curved. Because in a curve, you can't gather darkness. The curves dispel the light. And the Bible says about God and about heaven, there's no darkness nor shadow of light. Amen? So the enemy wants to come in and darken things in your mind, in your emotions, to try to get you to make something happen you should be letting happen, or try to get you to let something happen you should be making happen. That's in the stand of faith. Happens to ministries, happens to people all the time. But here's your out. You pray and you say, Spirit of God, you live in me. You see, you see what I'm under. You see what I've got to do. I'm not going to make a step to the right, to the left, up, down, back, forward. 
Jesus, you said, I am your sheep. I hear your voice. Another I do not follow. That's where your patience saves you. Cheerful endurance. And the problem with joy, outpourings of joy, and times of refreshing, is we think we have to let them happen. We have to go see Rodney Howard Brown. Or Brother Hagin, he's in heaven. When actually the Spirit of God's been moving like that all over the earth for a hundred or more years. And people that desire God's power and Spirit moving among them. Amen? So it's basically a question of being yielded to the Lord. Many times we pray with people to be filled with the Holy Ghost. They have a trouble with yielding. Because there's always a hesitancy in the Spirit. Excuse me, in the flesh when it comes to spiritual things. That's why you've got to crucify your flesh and allow your spirit man to rise up and take over the total reality of your life. See, most of us are used to some type of democratic government where we get a vote. And even if it doesn't mean anything, at least I got a vote. And so you, you, you set your life up with three votes. The vote of the spirit, the vote of the soul, and the vote of the flesh. And on Sunday morning, because the service went till 12 o'clock on Saturday night, and you get up on Sunday morning, have to be at church at 11 o'clock, the flesh says, I don't want to go to church. And the soul says, I'm tired. I vote for that. <laughs> the spirit man's already up and dressed. Done shaved, washed their hair, thought we were going to church. No, you've been outvoted two to one. Maybe he used to love this kind of stuff. You've been outvoted two to one. So, you know, you don't go to church and, you know, your wife and kids go and your ex-girlfriend comes over and she's got some weed and, you know, you, well, nobody's here. Because the devil knew you weren't strong enough in your faith anyway. Well, that can't happen. Do you know how many people have been in my office and blamed hell on two beers? I only drank two beers. Chopped up the whole neighborhood. I only drank two beers. You know, I was in 14 car wrecks. I only drank two beers. Oh, come on. The Irish know that better than anybody. Only had a pint at a time. Just one at a time, you know. <laughs> Amen. But see, the Spirit of God is always here. Jesus likened it to wind. Wind. And I used to notice people with wonderful anointings on them. Many times they don't have to talk people into joy. Other people have to teach them into it or convince them that it's there. Happiness is an emotion. I could make you real happy. Reach into my pocket, pull out a thousand euros. Anyone I gave it to in here would smile at least. You smile at the thought of it. Look at there. Amen. That's happiness. <laughs> but if I took a thousand out of your pocket, what would you do? Most of you have to use a gun, you know, to get it out of you. Why do you smile at the thought of a thousand euros and then cringe at the sound of somebody taking it from you? Because you are in control of your emotions. Amen? Amen? And as long as you remain in control, 
then it's very hard for the Spirit of God to move upon you because you're not yield. What you yield, He fills. And what you need to be filled with. Hey man, I've gotten drunk, rolled on the floor, ran, danced, freaked out, got stuck on the wall. Ain't no telling what else if I thought about it. But I've also been buckled over weeping, been under such conviction, had, had the Lord just wrench my heart out. Because if it's only one and not the other, then it's not the Holy Ghost. Amen? I believe God is bringing wonderful refreshing to the church here in Ireland so that the move of God in the church in Ireland can become relevant again. The boldness that we had, the daring that we had in the days gone by should be nothing compared to what we're willing to do in the future. We didn't let anything stop us or scare us. John, we used to travel those roads up in the north lost as a duck in the fog. And what, what did we do the whole time? Laugh. Did we laugh? We laughed. We never remember we got pulled over the guy swinging that light. I mean, this is back in the day. I mean, man, we were serving God. We were on a faith adventure, man. We'd been up there. We, we, were, we were two and a half hours late to the meeting, and the people were still waiting for us. And they were in a church building that the, the, the week before had been blown up by the IRA. They blew up the, the, the police station next door. That's why we couldn't find it. We were supposed to find the police station. We kept looking at the police station. It was gone. They blew it up. Me and John dropped right all over Belfast. <laughs> He'd be telling me, be careful, brother Rusty. I have so my plates are from the south. <laughs> when we came to Ireland, the depression on the people of God was so strong. And many of our services would end with just this wonderful, I can sense it now, this wonderful inflow of the Spirit of God that brought such refreshing and joy. And it wasn't that people were just rolling and laughing hilariously. We had some of those that were, because when those would happen, the miracles of God would just begin to take place. It was just unbelievable. God would do it. But there is that which is perpetually should be in you, bringing refreshing. Isaiah said it like this, this is the refreshing, and he was speaking of the baptism in the Holy Ghost. But tonight, many of you, remember in the world, you always had an out. It was always the beer, the drink, gambling. That's a big one. I heard a guy talk about gambling and, and being addicted to the horses. And he said, as long as the horses were running, I didn't have to think about my problems. Sweeping people in to addictions. Drugs are upon this earth like an unbelievable. 30,000 people. I mean, not 30,000. It's what is it, a week now? Some astronomical number dying of fentanyl in the United States. There's got to be something in somebody that gives people hope. There's got to be a peace on somebody's face, a joy in somebody's heart, and a hope in somebody's message. You think this world wants religion and tradition and all of the controversy? There's they want something. That, what do we call it? Why do you come here? Why? Because there's something, something, something. It may not be everything, but there's something in this that you have determined is real. 
It's real. It's not, re- it's not fake. It's real. This is real. This is real. And this is real. Lift your hands. Father, we worship you. Oh, how we thank you. Oh, how we worship you. Oh, how we glorify your name. Hallelujah. Can somebody come to the keyboards, if you will, and play just for a few moments as we worship God? As we worship Him tonight? The stand of faith. And having done all, having done all, having done all, it's time for the move of God in Ireland to regain its relevance. Listen, to become something that's talked about again, even if it's talked about negatively. It's not going to be talked about negatively because there's going to be too much good in it. Oh, we thank you, Father. You don't need the drink. You don't need the drugs. You just need to open your heart and lift your hands and begin to worship God. Begin to thank Him for His goodness in your life. That He's he's kept you alive. That He's allowed you to live in these days. That you're here for such a time as this. Hallelujah. Let your worship be deep from your heart. Let those corners get get kind of curved and rounded out. Let the darkness come out tonight. Now let me just do this. Because you know, before it says times of refreshing, let me read it. I'll do that, Lord. I, I like to read the Bible. It's over there in Acts 3. You don't have to turn there. Let me turn there. I think I might even have it marked. Have it marked? I do have it marked. Let me read it to you. It says, Repent. Passion Bible says, Now you must repent, turn back to God, so that your sins will be removed, and so that the times of refreshing will stream from the presence of the Lord. Wow. King James, repent therefore. And be ye converted. That means turn from and remain on the path you have taken. And be ye converted. Listen, some of you right now, you don't need to repent of some heinous sin in your life. You need to repent of one of two things. For that which you're not doing and should be doing. Are you doing everything you know to do? Everything you know to do. If you're not, you need to repent. And you need to turn and go another path. Praying like you're supposed to pray. Giving like you're... Are you doing that? Absolutely. I've done it 40 years. I wouldn't be standing here right now. Longevity in ministry is very rare. 87, I think it's 87% preachers don't make it 20 years. And then the percentage that that makes it 30 years is, 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 is... even greater than that. And once you get over 30 headed to 40, it's like 1.1 something percent preachers make it into their 30 to 40 years of ministry. I'm still here. I've lived, I've lived like this since March the 4th, 1984. Preached my first message on April 21st, 1984. And I've been preaching and I've been, well, people, you say, all the time, you're in the full time, I'm in a full time ministry, honey. Somebody asked me one time, how do you know you're in the ministry? How do you know you're a preacher? I said, this, I can make a living at it. Not only can I make a living at it, I can have other people working for me that can make a living at it. Because that's called grace. That's called grace. Here in Ireland, we came, 
Such depression. I turned all my Aggie jokes into Irish jokes. I'd do anything to get the people to laugh because if I get them laughing, the Holy Ghost start moving. Had, I told some, I came into a service on a Sunday morning. We had been going since Wednesday and you could tell the people were tired. And, and you know, people kind of had that Holy Ghost hangover. Everybody had been rejoicing. And so I walked in there and I said, you know, back then we, all, we, we wore three-piece suits, ties. I mean, we dressed up like we looked, like we really believed God. <laughs> so I came in there and I, I stood in the pulpit, you know, and I, when I'd come here, people they started getting real serious. I said, you know, I got up this morning, I got me a copy of the Irish Press. I said, it's amazing. Got real quiet. Everybody's like, this is amazing. I said, Ireland has decided to join the United States and other nations in the space program. And their part will be to go to the sun without burning up. The Irish scientists have been busy at work. They've put pen to paper, finger to computer. And they've come up with a perfect plan to make it to the sun without burning up. They're going to launch tomorrow night. They're going to go at night. And it kind of started like that. Then somebody went, oh, my God. <laughs> so I know I had him hooked. You remember how I used to be, John? John knows. He still comes to hear me. He's crazy. <laughs> then I knew when I got that one response, I thought, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. And I said, you know, another, there in the paper it said, great tragedy over at Trinity University. They're doing some remodeling. Portion of the school hadn't been used since 1968. They took down some of the some of the material, and back in the back they found a skeleton. The pathologist has studied. They've looked and looked. They've run dental records and found out it was the 1968 Irish hide-and-go-seek champ. <laughs> See, we're doing a little better. That helps a little better. Yeah, that's a <laughs> so what that does, see, what that does is that brings you back and helps you realize that if you're really taking all this seriously, then you still have hope. But my hope's in one that rose from the dead. My faith is in the one that redeemed me. And the Bible says that my God sits in the heavens and laughs at my enemies. And I sit down here on the earth with some old sad sack face, walking around, telling people, do you want Jesus? He'll do for you what he did for me. No money, no faith, no joy. No, 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 no. The very essence of our lives, I have found this to be so true, by befriending people that are not born again, and then doing life with them. And how when you come back into the... Say, uh, many of my friends that are like that, I see from about September to about the end of January during hunting season, people I know in the hunting industry. And when I first met many of them 30 and 40 years ago, i treat them just like I would treat Pastor Ryan in the car. I'd, Where have you been, brother? So I, I was in Ireland, man. We went over there, man. 200 people got the Holy Ghost. They didn't know what the Holy Ghost was. Man, we laid hands on this guy. Man, I'm telling you, he's all bowed up with all Laid hands on him. Boom, the power of God hit him. I'm telling you, he walked out of there praising God. They look at me like, 
But see, you have life. Life is radiating out of you. It's radiating. And I just talk to them like I would talk to anybody. And you know, many of them I've, I've asked to, 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 to get saved. To, you know, would you pray with me now? One of them, one guy for 30 years, Brother Keith was with me. For 30 years, I would preach to him and preach to him and preach to him. And he, I would tell you, Brian, pray with me now. Pray. No, no, yeah. Brian, Brian, you need to pray with me. He lost his home in a storm. Pray with me. He wouldn't pray with me. So we, we took some friends on a hunting trip, and we were there, and we were coming back. And the other guide, which was a friend of ours that now serves the Lord, he wanted to get baptized in the Holy Ghost on a duck hunting trip. Why would anybody want to do that on a duck hunting trip? Because they knew the people they were duck hunting with were full of the Holy Ghost. He said, I want the Holy Ghost. Am I lying? My brother pulls up and says, Jim wants to get the Holy Ghost. I said, go pay for it. There's what, nine of us standing around with camo and shotguns. Jim's over there on the floor where they're going, Spirit of God is falling on, the, on a shell road in Chambers County, Texas, the day after Thanksgiving, three years ago. So up, up comes Brian. I just walk up to him. I said, Brian, I said, I've preached to you for 30 years. I said, you know, God, you know the gospel more than most people in my church. I've talked to you about miracles, signs, and wonders, and you have experienced miracles. He tells one miracle all the time of how we prayed for rain. It rained seven inches when it, there was no chance of rain. I said, you're getting saved right now. He goes, okay. <laughs> Amen. What's coming out of you? John chapter 7. That last great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This he spake of the Spirit that was not yet given, for he had not yet been justified. He had not been, yet been glorified. But I got good news, church. It's 2023, and he's been glorified. Stand on your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lift up your hands. Stand on your feet. Lift up your hands. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. As we begin to worship, Spirit of God, we trust you tonight. As we begin to worship, you can turn that up a little bit. Turn that up a little bit. There you go. As we begin to worship, as we begin to open ourselves up, as we, now listen, as we begin to worship, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to open it up to you. You're going to decide how far this thing goes. There are many of you in here tonight, you're not in sin. You're not committing some heinous sin. But you're just living a life you need to repent. You need to turn from and go in another direction and set your course in that direction. Amen? If that is you, I want you to unashamedly come up here to this altar as we just begin to worship God right now. Father, we worship you. Give every person boldness. Give every person boldness to be right with God, to repent and turn from, and, and set a course in a direction. A course in a direction. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, church, worship God. Worship God. Worship God. Worship God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, worship God. Worship God. Worship God. Tell Him you love Him. 
Glorify His name. Glorify His name. Glorify His name. Glorify His name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is that everybody that wants to come down? Is that everybody? Is that everybody? Is that everybody? Thank you, Lord. Come on and worship Him. Come on and worship Him. Times of refreshing. Times of refreshing. Times of refreshing. Times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let, let, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. We'll start down here. Stay, stay with me, Keith. Stay with me. Let's start down here. Here's what we do. Let me have your hand. Yeah, just relax. Let me have your hand. Now let's walk. Let me and you're going to walk. That's right. Right. We're going this way. But now we're going to turn. <laughs> yeah. Now we're going to turn. We're going to go the other way. Now we've got a brand new path. Amen. Amen. Ha! <laughs> put your hands up. Thank you, Father. Times of refreshing. Times of refreshing. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Now we're going this way. But no, no, no. No, we're going to repent. Here we go. Here we go. There we go. <laughs> yes. Now. Times of refreshing. Ready? Here we go. Now we're going this way. Oh, we're sad. Oh, things are tough. Oh, but we went to the conference. Now we're turning. We're repenting. Here we go. Times of refreshing. <laughs> Times of refreshing. Times of refreshing. Here, you need to go on the walk. Yeah, here we go on the walk. Here, we go on this way. Oh, things are tough. Things are rough. Oh, but no, we got the word in us. We're speaking the word. We're full of the Holy Ghost. We return. We turn. We make a new way. Oh, glory to God. Times of refreshing. Times of refreshing. Times of refreshing. Times of No walk. You don't need no walk. I need to walk with you. Come on, let's go. Here we go. Oh, tough times. Oh, need some money. Gotta have some money. Oh man, gotta have a breakthrough finances. Oh, but we repent. We turn. Glory. Times of refreshing. Refreshing in your finances. Glory. Refreshing in your body. Glory. <laughs> you need a little more. Just a little more. There you go. Woo. There you go. There you go. We see that. Glory. Glory. Come on. You need a little walk. A little walk. Oh, man. Yeah, devil been talking to your mind. Yeah, man. 
You're not, not going to, oh, it's going to get tough. Oh, but now we repented. We've turned around. We've got a new path. Times of refreshing. And what the heck happened to you? Born in Ireland, go to Italy, back in Ireland. Oh my God, what are we doing now? Is there really a God? But, 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 oh no, here we, we make a little turn in our attitude, in our heart. We're thankful for what God's doing. Times of refreshing. Hallelujah. Times of refreshing. Woo, look at that, look at that. Times of refreshing. <laughs> Glory! Glory! Times of refreshing. Times of refreshing. Times of refreshing. Let's get back. You need it, Pastor. Raise your hands up. Oh my goodness. Come on, Ma. Fresh anointing. Fresh oil. Thank you, Father. A new anointing. A fresh anointing. Like a cool breeze blowing at the end of a long, hot day. Hallelujah. A new grace for your place. A new grace for your place. Hallelujah. Yeah, a little bit of adjustment. A little bit of, a little bit of turning. Positioning. Realigning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Where's, come, Leah, quickly, if you will, sweetheart. Hallelujah. In their bodies, in the name of Jesus, we declare not only divine health, but healing ministry, beginning to work in their ministries. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for a spirit of faith. Spirit of faith. Spirit of faith. Hallelujah. It's healing right here, baby. Right here. Go right down there. Right, yeah, it, right where those kidneys would be. Right in there. There you go. Thank you, Father. The anointing. The anointing breaks the yoke. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus. Ooh, now, times of refreshing. Whew, times of refreshing. Ooh, glory. Times of refreshing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Watch him, watch him, watch him. Times of What are you doing, Dorothea? Lay your hands up. Come on, you know all about this. You saw this your whole life. It's all over. <laughs> Times of refreshing. Times of refreshing. Oh, it's not going to be so hard. No, it's we. It's, it's, ooh, ooh, it's, it's reawakening in you. Reawakening in you. Reawakening in you. Yes, yes, yes. Times of refreshing. Times of refreshing. Times of refreshing. Glory to God. Times of refreshing. Times of refreshing. Oh, lift your hands and receive it. Lift your hands and receive it. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and receive it. It's okay. It's okay. Times of refreshing. Times of refreshing. Times of refreshing. Yeah, times, times of refreshing. Times of refreshing. <laughs> ha. Woo! Glory! Glory! Glory to God.
coming on the guitar player. <laughs> coming on his wife. Glory. Glory. Times of refreshing on my brother. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Now worship God. Everyone worship God. Come on. Worship God. Worship God. Worship God. Lift your hands and open your mouth. And give Him glory and give Him honor. Hallelujah. Times of refreshing. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Now, 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 now. There has been a depletion of finances in people's lives that are here in this building right now. And what I mean by that, it's not you're broke or, or that you don't have any money. Uh, this is a good way to describe it. You're running kind of thin right now. And the Holy Ghost just gave me one word. One word. And that is the word replenish. 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 Everybody say replenish. If that's you, if you need that replenishment in your finances, and I rarely do things with finances like that, because, you know, really, in reality, you don't need to pray to God. You just need to obey God in your tithing and offering. But there are times when the anointing moves. You know, the first time we came in 1988, we were here all week and we ended up in Athlone. Uh, John, were you in that? John Cooney, I think, was. You, may have, you were probably just a kid. But anyway, uh, uh, we'd gone around, we'd met all the people, and so we, we told everybody, we're going to meet in Athlone in the middle of the country, and we're going to do a, a weekend meeting for everybody. And that weekend, they had a terrible earthquake in uh, Turkey, and there was hundreds, uh, thousands of people that were killed. And Ireland, the nation of Ireland, the, the, the Irish Red Cross, gave 50,000. Back then, it was the Irish punt. But that would have been 1988. And so that was, you know, everybody, that's cool, all well and good. That night, in a service, there was about 300, maybe 400 people there. The anointing of God for a move of God in this nation fell. Upon the exposure of the revelation of Acts chapter, Acts chapter 10, how Cornelius was a devout man, one that feared God with all of his house, gave much alms to the people, and prayed to God always. Amen? Now let me just say this. Hey, I don't, I don't preach for offerings or money or anything like that. God takes very good care of me. I don't come to Ireland for money. I, I, I don't pastor Ireland Church for money. I live by faith. And I don't have to be in this line. I don't have to be in this line. But if your money has, you just, you've watched it and you've thought, you know, there's just been that steady, that just steady decrease. The Lord says tonight is a night spiritually for there to be a release of a replenishing grace upon a business, upon a ministry, maybe a church, upon whatever it may be that needs to be replenished. If that's you, come right now, right now. That anointing is here right now. If you need to be replenished financially, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I want you, as soon as you get here, start lift, lifting your hands up. Lift your hands, begin to worship God. Lift your hands, begin to worship God. Lift your hands, begin to worship God. Come on. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Father, we receive that as a word from heaven, prophetically. 
a word of wisdom that's going to remove whatever it is that causes doubt and unbelief so that in the days ahead, the replenishment can take place. Father, we speak to their bank accounts. We speak to their businesses, their ministries, personal life, whatever it may be. And we declare by the faith that they have walked in and the faith revealed through their own obedience, a replenishing takes place exceedingly abundantly above all they can ask or think. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now begin to thank Him for it. Just like it was deposited, just like if you looked on your phone in your bank account and that money was there, you begin to thank Him right now. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Now, everyone standing down here, say this. I believe, I receive the inspiration of that Word and the anointing provided by the Word that will cause this to come to pass. I stand upon the Word. I stand upon the Word. I declare it done in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, let me just say this. Every pot sits on its own bottom. You know what that means? That means everything we do should take care of itself. Amen? So I know we've been receiving offerings all week, but I'm just going to do, I'm not going to take an offering, but I'm going to do this, especially you that have come down. One of the ways to act on something financially like that is to sow. So why don't you, you know, uh, maybe put something in the basket after the service. Maybe if you need to, give it, give it to Pastor Ryan or give it to Pastor Kimberly. And let's make sure this pot sits on its own bottom. You say, what do you mean by that? That this conference takes care of itself. Yeah. Amen? Because this is not a conference for Island Church Galveston. This is a conference for Island Church Dundalk and Derry and the nation of Ireland. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm excited to hear the testimonies. In the Lord good. Lift up your hands one more time and worship Him. Let's just worship Him. Let's just worship Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. We worship you, Father. Lord, we dare not depart your presence until you've done that which you desire to do. Lord, we dare not depart your presence until you accomplish that by the Spirit which you desire to accomplish. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, put your hands down. Let your spirit settle for just a moment. Just a moment. Not, to, not trying to enter into that quiet place, but just for a moment in reverence 
to the anointing, in reverence to the Spirit of God in this place. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we worship you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, if you feel a stirring in your spirit, and by faith you reckon it to be a message in tongues, would you raise your hand so I could see it? Brother Ryan, give that out if you will. Now this is the day to take your stand. But it's a stand of victory. It's a stand of righteousness. It's a stand of holiness. It is that which I have imparted and deposited into your heart and soul. It is your life raft. It is your ark for these last days in Him. As I guard, protect, and nourish my sheep. And there are many that should be in this fold. And there are many in this nation that should be in other folds. So even this day, cry out for your brothers, for your sisters that have become discouraged, disillusioned, or picked up an offense. Prodigal will return, come to himself, recognize there's bread in the Father's house. And the church will be healed and made whole so that it may do and function effectively in the last days. Do not fear. Do not be afraid of that which is coming upon the earth, saith the Lord. Do not fear, but do not embrace nor allow yourself to be saturated by its emotion by its rhetoric or by how bizarre it may seem to the status quo of what should or used to be. For there is one loosed upon the earth with great wrath and indignation that seeks in this day and hour to steal, kill, and destroy upon the planet as an animal Pray, starved of its game. But I've created in you a spirit of boldness and peace, an attitude of joy and faith. Hallelujah. <laughs> a soul full of joy and happiness. And in the darkest of the last days, the light of my glory shall be seen the brightest. Against the backdrop, hallelujah, of the darkness of man's heart, the sin which he commits, my glory shall be seen in the full brightness for what it is. Stand in faith. Fight your fight. Keep your heart pure. Be sincere and without offense. You shall see 
the provision of your Father in your life. Preserving, protecting, increasing, promoting, and blessing. So that there is relief upon the earth. Wow. So that there is an answer still. Stand in faith. So that there is a peace that cannot be disturbed or negotiated by nations. Stand in faith. So that there can be sanity in governments and in decisions. For you hold the authority. Stand in faith. For the church. That she might become glorious. Stand in faith. And as his returning looms upon the horizon. Be those that will be found in faith. Upon the earth. So that when the trump is sounded, and the archangel shouts, you'll hear it. And you'll rise into the clouds to forever be with Jesus in his grand plan and design for the church. Mm. Count yourself privileged to know to experience and to anticipate the days ahead for it will be <laughs> an adventure in faith hallelujah now lift your hands and worship him thank you Jesus thank you Jesus glory to God glory to God glory to God glory to God well the Lord is good amen, amen. we want to just take a moment to thank Pastors Ryan and Kimberly for being such a, a great host. Uh, those that work with you, all the church here and in, in uh, Derry. The other pastors that we've met. Some of our old friends, our friends that we've introduced to you that we've brought over. Listen, I know, we know what it's like to put on a conference. The financial costs, the, the, the ministry of helps that has to work, the children, the food, the night after night, day after day of meetings. It is. You stretch your faith. It stretches the church. But let's believe God that our effort and faith that this is a seed sown for the momentum of the move of God and that, would God, that which God has spoken to us prophetically that the relevance of the move of God will return to the church in Ireland. Amen? There's been a great church movement ever since we first came in 1988. And all the other churches have come. But the only reason I'm here today is because that I, the seed that I put in Ireland was righteous. It was righteous. It was the right seed. That's why God brought me back. Amen. We love each and every one of you so dearly. We count you as family. Family in the families of God all over the world. Praise God. We love you. Pastor Ryan Penn, give him a hand as he comes. Amen. Are you filled up to overflowing? much to say about that. We're just gonna we're just gonna pray and we're gonna end. Hmm. 
No, that's right, Lord. But we're going to pray and we're just going to quit for this evening. We're going to pick up where we left off in the morning. So we thank you, Father. Mm. We thank you, Lord, for your sweet presence. And I thank you, Lord, for you. I thank you, Lord, for these people. Thank you, Lord, for the hunger in their hearts, Lord, desiring more, desiring you. Lord, we thank you for family. <laughs> the most beautiful thing that you've created. Thank you for inviting us into the beloved. We love you, Lord. We adore you. And as we exit out of this place, Lord, we thank you, Lord. There's times of refreshing, even as we go to lay our heads down tonight, Lord. up refreshed we're ready to go we're ready to come step into the presence again tomorrow <laughs> I just say we can't wait I can't wait so we just thank you once again Lord thank you for everything that you've done here you're so faithful you're so faithful. So we just want to glorify you. We honor you. We say it's in Jesus' name. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie.